The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. We welcome you to Grace in Focus from the Grace Evangelical Society. And today we wrap up the series on Old Testament wisdom literature. We'll be looking at things like discernment, the purpose of parable, and the fear of the Lord. And I want to invite you not to miss the content that is just ahead. Our website is faithalone.org, and I will tell you more about it just after the discussion. faithalone.org. Now let's begin our discussion for the day. Gentlemen. Welcome back to Grace in Focus, and we're uh, wrapping up this introductory series on Proverbs. And uh, David, maybe you can summarize verse 7, and then we were going to talk about the fear of the Lord in the New Testament. Let me summarize what the fear of the Lord means in verse 7 of Proverbs chapter 1. Fear does not mean I'm scared to death of the Lord all the time. There are certain contexts when the word fear does mean I'm scared. Right. But in this case, the best definition for fear is reverential awe, Mm -hmm. that we are so overwhelmed by his person and what he does that all you can do is fall on your knees and be overwhelmed by his person. To me, that's reverential awe. So it means reverence more than it does mean dread. In fact, let me read this. I read this in the previous one. Fear is reverence for God expressed in submission to his will. The point is, is that when you see the word fear in the Old Testament, it doesn't always mean be scared to death, especially when it talks about the fear of the Lord or fear of God. We were talking about this, how it relates to Christian living, New Testament teaching. And I find this fascinating because sometimes you'll hear people for lordship salvation, people say, well, if you're a true believer, you're going to live godly because you love God. You're going to live a godly life. You understand what he's done for you. And certainly loving God is a motivation. But sometimes obeying the Lord springs out of a motivation of this reverential awe or I need to submit because it's the wise thing to do. And I'm concerned about the consequences if I don't. Because I fear God. And by the way, Lordship people will talk about fearing God. In fact, they will say being afraid of going to the lake of fire is one of their major motivations. Right. Because they will say, I know if I persevere, I'm going to avoid the lake of fire. But if I don't persevere, well, then they'll either say, I prove I never was saved in the first place. Or they may say, I fail to win final salvation, which is what a lot of lordship salvation people from a Calvinist perspective will now say. And to me, that's going back to what Dave said about if I believe that, then, man, I'm really trembling in fear. When I say fear God, I'm meaning something else as a motivation where I fear his discipline in my life or I fear the loss of rewards or there's a lot of motivations that I have that's not like, oh, I'm going to go to hell and burn forever. Right. I love God. So the love of Christ constrains us, right? We love him because he first loved us. But I also fear God. And that means I also fear consequences that occur, his chastisement in this life And I also want his blessings in this life, and I also want his blessings in the life to come, and I also want to be a blessing to others. And there's also just a sense of duty. I owe this to God because God is God and I'm not. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole lot of motivations. And one of the things you said, basically our motivations are multifaceted. Yes. We're not just motivated by the fear of God or the love of God or desire for blessings or desire to avoid curses. It's 
All of the above. And in a particular moment in my life, I may be strongly motivated by one of those. And the other ones may go in the background. I also looked at the expression, the fear of the Lord in the New Testament. And guess how many times that occurs? The exact expression, fear of the Lord. One time. One time is correct. And where is that? Because Acts 9. Verse 31. And what does that verse say? Acts 9.31 is talking about right after Paul became a believer. And it says... So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed peace being built up and going on in the fear Fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it continued to increase. Okay, so that's the lone usage in the New Testament. And it seems to be that they had reverential awe for the Lord. We could probably say it's the same thing as in Proverbs 1, 7, right? That they wanted to obey him because of who he is or or whatever. And their awe and respect for him, etc. They were not walking in dread, being scared to death of the Lord. No, it was probably more like love that inspired them to fall before him in worship and to live before him a life of worship. And it's not said here in this verse, but they could have been seeing God's miraculous work in these other people's lives, and they're going, oh, my. Right, absolutely. And if you see somebody blessed in some way, they they would be overwhelmed. Also, you remember the beginning of the Law of Moses in Leviticus chapter 10 a couple of guys died. Do you all remember that one? Mm-hmm. And nobody has their names anymore. You ever know anybody named Nadab, Abihu? Nadab and Abihu were the two oldest sons of Aaron, mm-hmm. and they were going to be the next high priest. But no, they offered up strange fire. They evidently were drunk because later on we hear the priests aren't supposed to drink before their service, just like a pilot doesn't drink before flying. And then they're struck down dead. And fear fell on the whole congregation. Well, guess what? Same thing happens at the beginning of the church age in Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira, absolutely. And they lie about how much money they got from the land. They're trying to impress people. And so first Ananias drops dead. Then his wife Sapphira comes in and she drops dead because she didn't know about it. And it says fear fell upon the whole congregation and all who heard about it. And it seems to me in the beginning of both, God gave some examples to say, you should revere me. Don't treat me as common. But now, although the expression, the fear of the Lord only occurs once, we have the fear of God. That expression occurs a number of times. Mm -hmm. And also godly fear. David, you found some that talk about godly fear. So let's briefly go through these. We got maybe 30 seconds or a minute on each one. Ken, could you turn to Romans 3.18? In Romans 3.18, it says, There is no fear of God before their eyes. Paul's talking about the fact that none of us can be justified by our works. There is none who fear God before their eyes. So that apart from the work of God, people do not have this godly fear. Right. Left to their own initiative, people just wander away from God. Okay, and how about... Luke twenty three forty. that's uh, on the cross, right? It is on the cross. You know, there were two others on the cross, and one of them in the previous verse, verse 38, then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him and said, if you're the Christ, save yourself and us. And uh, the other rebuked him and said, do you not even fear God, seeing that you are under the same condemnation? 
And then he goes on to say, but Jesus is... Uh, and we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Yeah. So and that, that's the man who comes to faith. In that case, to me, the, it looks like that even these criminals understand that God has a standard. They yep. violated that standard, and therefore their punishment is justified. We should have a fear of the consequences of our actions. Absolutely. Right. All right, Ken, I got another one. Acts 10.2. Acts 10.2 is talking about Cornelius, and it describes him as a devout man who feared God. And this is probably a reference to the God fears that you read about in Acts. There were Gentiles who worshiped in the synagogue and they're called God fearers. And they're not necessarily proselytes, but they're Gentiles who would go to the synagogue They would learn the Old Testament scriptures. They would pray. And this was a very godly man. He not only feared God, but he was one whose prayers and alms ascended to God. He gave to those in need, for example, because he feared God. Not that he was living in dread, but he thought, well, this is the blessings that God will give me, and I I want to experience those things. And he was not yet born again, but, you know, he sends for Simon Peter, and several days later, he hears the saving message, he's born again. And David, Hebrews eleven seven, and I believe that's about Noah? It's that chapter on faith, Hebrews 11, and it says here, By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Noah saw what was happening, knew it was from God, and based on his reverence for knowing who God is and knowing what he was about to do, he acted to rescue and preserve the lives of his family. He didn't want to drown. No, No. (laughs) even though there had been absolutely zero floods to this point in human history, God says, I'm going to flood the earth. And he didn't build, you know, like a 12-footer. He built this ark that was ginormous. I guess you can go. Is it Kentucky? Where is it, Ken? Oh, yeah. No, it's right near Cincinnati. Yeah, it's right across from Cincinnati. Northern, yes. northern Kentucky. Yeah, northern Kentucky. I where, go by it all the time. Where they have the, uh, they've actually built a full-size yes. ark, right? Uh-huh. And they actually have animals, well, fake animals in there, but they have, you know, pictures of animals or statues of animals. I've not been there, you can tell, but uh, okay. And David, how about Hebrews twelve twenty eight? Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. You could probably take that as reverent fear, that reverential awe I was talking about earlier. And Hebrews 12 is talking about the kingdom that's coming that won't be shaken. Right. And that what we do for him will have eternal rewards. On the basis of what he's going to do, we need to serve him with this reverential awe. Right. And this reverential awe should be a regular part of every one of our lives. It should be a daily thing that we do. And in Proverbs 1-7, that is the beginning of wisdom. You cannot live a wise life unless you start with who I he agree. is. And we never abandon this. Right. It's not like, okay, now I'm a mature Christian, so I don't fear God anymore. <laughs> no, the longer I serve him, how's the song go? It says, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. Now, the fact that he grows sweeter doesn't jive with our normal idea of fear. So that means the word fear doesn't mean dread. dread. It, it means this awe that I keep talking about. 
that awe is filled with grace. So this is not some kind of beginning of wisdom, but then we advance beyond it. And then we don't need it anymore. It's the beginning, the middle, and the end of wisdom is we fear God. We are people who fear God. And because we do, let's keep grace in focus. Thank you, gentlemen, for that interesting discussion. Our goal at the Grace Evangelical Society is to teach Scripture clearly and without confusion. One of the best tools for that clarity, we believe, is our website. It's faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On our site, we have all kinds of materials that are designed to help you mature and grow in your faith and your understanding of Scripture. Please come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. You'll be glad you did. God loves a cheerful giver, and that's why we think our financial partners are some of the happiest people in the world. If you would like to learn how to become a financial partner with Grace and Focus, we would very much appreciate it. Learn more at faithalone.org. It's really exciting to hear from our listeners. So if you've got a question, comment, or feedback, I hope you'll reach out to us. Best way to do that is through email. Here is our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next Grace in Focus, we talk about obsessive compulsive disorder. Do you know anyone who suffers from this? If so, invite them to tune in. That's Grace in Focus, and we hope to see you there as well. This is the Grace Evangelical Society. Until next time, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.